and welcome to the Actually Making a Difference podcast, the show about starting, growing, and marketing your purpose-led business. No magic wands, no false promises, just simple, straightforward, and honest advice based on decades of experience. I'm your host, Sarah Price, and you are ready to actually make a difference. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Actually Making a Difference podcast, the one-stop shop that you need to help you to get your impact business up, running and growing. You may have gathered, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, that I am a fan of first principles. I teach the foundations, the building blocks of great marketing and great business. I help people to master the fundamentals. But even though people come to me knowing that I am going to teach them how to approach their marketing, I still occasionally hear the plaintive cry, but why do I have to? Why do I have to put myself out there? Why must I be visible? Why? I don't like it. Today, I'm going to try and explain why. But first, let me take you back in time to the late 1990s, a long, long time ago. I was a newbie in the world of business and marketing. And like the committed lifelong learner that I am, I was attending workshops, reading books and pestering my mentors for more knowledge. One day I attended a workshop on marketing and sales and I sat there fascinated as the teacher taught us about the standard sales cycle. Such a simple concept, but at that point I'd never seen it before and I was intrigued at first. But then as he prattled on about why it was important and how it applied to everybody's business, I became somewhat alarmed. The model he taught us was entirely sales-centric. The focus was on sales, how to generate leads, how to convert leads, how to quickly deliver so that you could get back to the much more important work of generating leads. In his model, there were three stages. Stage one was the attract stage, which, according to our workshop leader, was meant to attract strangers to your company, brand or business so that you had potential leads for your sales activity. Stage two, all about sales, the heart of this model, and it covered all of the activity necessary to convert these strangers or leads into paying customers. And then during stage three, we were taught, almost as an afterthought, We would deliver the product or service we had sold, and that concluded our transaction. So far, so standard, right? So why was I alarmed? Well, it seemed to me that this model was being promoted as a universal standard, but that it was built on a series of assumptions that simply didn't apply to all businesses, and that this had led to some obvious problems and flaws in the model. Firstly, it seemed to me, that the model was built on the premise that your delivery was of a one-off product or service and that there was no need to maintain any kind of ongoing relationship with your customers beyond that delivery. That wasn't the case for me and probably isn't the case for many of you either, right? Secondly, the whole system, even back in the 90s when I was taught this, just felt outdated. I mean, did this guy really think that all it would take to convert strangers into paying clients was some good sales patter? Because if only it were that easy. And thirdly, I just didn't love the idea that sales sat so crucially at the heart of the model. 
which in my opinion made it feel as though the interaction between me and my customers would be entirely transactional. Now, don't mishear me. I have no problem with sales. In fact, I love sales. But it just didn't feel right to me that sales should be the be-all and end-all of the model. And so, over the years, I have consistently refined this model based on my experience of what works, what doesn't work, and what is more reflective of the way that I prefer to do business. Those adjustments are ongoing. In fact, even as I was preparing this podcast episode, a further refinement came to me. Sales is not at the heart of my model. People are. And that's deliberate. It's a reminder that your business exists because of people, that your ideal clients are people, and that each lead that you attract or convert into a client is a person. In my model, there are four stages to the process not three. Stage one is still attract. During this stage, you inspire and invite people to join your community, whether that be your email list, your Facebook group, some other forum, right? This is one of the primary functions of marketing. Stage two is nurture, during which you build a relationship with the people in your community by sharing information, adding value, demonstrating expertise, and um, listening. This is the phase that the standard model overlooked altogether and is, in my opinion, another central function of marketing that is just as important as the attract work. Stage three is invite the point in the cycle at which you invite the people within your community to work with you, to buy your product or services. This is my word for what that teacher in the 90s called the convert stage of the standard sales model, because in my opinion, the energy you need to bring to your sales is the energy of invitation. That's a subject for a whole other episode of this podcast. And then there's stage four, still called the deliver stage, when you deliver on the promise you've made, the service you've offered, and the transformation that your people expect. If you fulfill on the commitment you've made and their experience of buying from you is a good one, then these clients remain within your community. They may buy from you again in future and potentially become advocates for your business in their turn, attracting more people towards your work. Now, if you're having a hard time visualising these models, then take a look at the links in the show notes for this episode, because I created a little mini guide just to help you visualise it better. I am that rare beast in the business world. I am someone who loves every part of this model equally. I love marketing to attract and to nurture my community. I love sales and embodying the invitation to my potential clients. And I love what I do, the delivery of my courses, mentoring and consulting support. But that does make me quite rare because nearly everybody has a stage of this process that they prefer, where they feel most comfortable and most at ease. And by contrast, they will have a zone or zones of discomfort, a stage or stages that they would rather skip altogether. And I want to encourage you to spend some time reflecting on that. Which of these stages, and there may be more than one, are you most comfortable with? 
and which do you shy away from? Because here's the thing, every part of this cycle is important and critical to the success of your business overall. Now, in my experience within the Actually community, it is the attract and the invite stage of the cycle that cause the most discomfort. Most people feel okay about the nurturing work. They like the idea of building relationships and establishing what old school marketeers would call the no like and trust factor. And they're good with delivery. After all, that's often why they set up their business in the first place, to deliver their product or service to the world. But oh lordy, they will avoid attract marketing like it was the plague. And the very idea of sales brings them out in a cold sweat. Now, I am sure to cover the sales part of the equation, what I call invite, in a future episode. But today, I want to focus on attract work because this is what those plaintive cries are really about. You know, all those business owners saying, but why do I have to do this? And I get it because this is about sticking your head above the parapet, being visible in front of strangers, letting them see you. And I wish I could tell you that you don't have to do it, but you do because it is critical to every other stage of the model. If you fall at this hurdle, your business will struggle to get off the ground. Think about it. It's just common sense, right? Clearly, you need to attract people towards your work or else who is going to buy your products? You don't want to be a brilliant and well-kept secret. You need people to know about you, to know that you exist and know what you offer. It's simple, right? But you would be surprised the number of people who want to believe that their clients will just find them, attracted somehow by the magical moonbeams of their work. This is what I call the sleeping beauty belief. The idea that you don't need to put yourself out there. You can just quietly get on with what you're doing and your prints in the form of your ideal client will simply find you. Not a great strategy for finding true love and not a great strategy for growing your business unless you want your business to sleep an enchanted but largely unproductive sleep for a 100 years. You're going to have to get out there and go to the ball, so to speak. And more bad news, I'm afraid. The dancing is never done. To mix my fairy tale metaphors, you are not going to be able to simply dance one dance, race away at midnight, and hope that an orderly queue of princes will form in your absence, holding glass slippers in the form of bundles of cash to pay for your work. Sadly not. Stage one, that attract work, is ongoing daily activity to keep on attracting new people towards your work. Let me explain why. Let's say for the sake of argument that you do a really great bit of attract activity. Let's say you run a free masterclass and 200 people sign up and now they're on your email list. Yippee, well done. And you think, I've done it, I've cracked it. And you promptly bury your head in nurturing the bejesus out of them and ignoring the need to do any more attraction marketing. Now, let's ignore the fact that if we're honest, a significant proportion of that 200 are your friends and family. Yes, I know. And let's assume that 
all 200 of them are glued to your every word, which they are not, and eagerly awaiting your every invitation, also not. Let's take a look at what happens when you get to the invite and deliver stage of your work. You nurture your 200 people for a few months and then you decide the time is right to invite them into, I don't know, your training program. And you do a really good job. 20% of the people in your community buy your program, which by the way, is a fantastic result. Now, there are 180 people left in your community that have not bought your offer. A few of them who liked what you were offering, but the timing wasn't right or they couldn't afford it, and a whole load of people who saw it and decided it wasn't for them. A few months go by. You're nurturing your community like a whirling dervish, but you're still ignoring your attract marketing. I've got 200 people on my list, you tell yourself. I'm all right. You decide to make your offer again. Wonderful. And let's just say that all the people who didn't buy your offer the first time round because it wasn't the right time or they needed to save up the money, let's just say that they all buy it this time. Maybe there's 15 of them. Brilliant. 15 out of 180, well done. And a few months go by. And you're still busy nurturing your 200 people. No attract marketing, so it's still 200. Although you've noticed your email open rates are going down and there's less engagement and there's less responsiveness than there was at the beginning. But you know what? Your coffers are bare and so you decide it's time to issue your invitation once more. Crickets. Why? Because everyone in your community that was going to buy your offer has already bought it. And the 165 people who didn't buy it, well, they probably never will. So 12 months on from your initial attract marketing, you're stuck. Oh, and did I mention that your email list naturally degrades by about 25% every year anyway? So 50 of those original 200 have either unsubscribed or become inactive. They're no longer opening your emails. They're no longer interested. So do you see now why consistently working to attract new people onto your list and into your community is so important. If you are not continually working on your attract marketing, your business cannot grow and will eventually fail altogether. Make sense? So if you're one of those business owners or aspiring entrepreneurs that struggles with that first stage of the marketing model, if you'd rather sleep for a hundred years than put yourself out there, if yours is one of the plaintive voices in my community asking, why, why do I have to do this? I hope you know now why it's important and that you're not alone. I promise in future episodes, I will help you with some thoughts on how to attract people to your business. But for now, I want you to focus on overcoming your reticence to do that attract work because it's time and you are ready to actually make a difference. Thank you for listening to the Actually Making a Difference podcast with me, Sarah Price. Come and join a community of purpose in our free and friendly Actually Making a Difference Facebook group. Because now that you're part of my world, you need never feel alone on this entrepreneurial journey and you will always be welcome.